This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. A set time you have to have blood tests, a set time you have to have a scan, a set time you have to have your eggs retrieved, a set time you have to have an embryo transfer, that phone call. When you're at work, you're sitting at your desk with with your brave face on to say your egg count was poor or your embryo didn't keep growing or you're not pregnant again. But fertility treatment is stressful enough without having to sort of keep this complex secret, this complex experience a secret from those you're dealing with every single day. After my own experience, which was quit, I've got glandular fever, run away. I want to do everything I can now. When Cece Jeffries and her husband received their infertility diagnosis, she hit rock bottom. She resigned from her job, withdrew from her friends, and she was living what she describes as a quietly miserable existence. But then she learned how to set boundaries, prioritise her mental health, and focus on what she could control. Now through Fertility Collective, she's helping others do just that. As a qualified fertility coach, she helps hundreds of people around the world to restore their emotional well-being as they try to have a baby. From what employers should understand about fertility treatment, to how to support a loved one in the fertility trenches, here, CC shares what she's learned both personally and professionally. I'm Lucinda, this is Ready or Not, and here is the inspirational and insightful CC Jeffries. Cecilia, can you take me back to the moment that you realised that falling pregnant might not come as easily as you once might have expected? Yes, my husband and I got married and we wanted to start trying for a baby straight away. So we jumped in the sack and after about six months, it wasn't really happening. So we went and had a few tests and then we were diagnosed with a male factor infertility diagnosis a few months later. And uh, we were told IVF was our only option to have a family and our world came crashing down around us. Like anyone who's been told that will know, the grief is very, very intense. That day onwards, we knew that it was going to be very, very hard for us. And what happened next for you? I was working at the time. We um, we ended up having a, went to probably every fertility doctor in Sydney, um, went to get, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth opinion. And then were, it was just a very, very challenging road. And then um, we eventually did have a baby. Um, and then we now have three, which is all three thanks to IVF. But I know, yeah, very, very much how much of a mo- an emotional toll that takes and how it does hit you from out of nowhere. And where was your career at at that point of time and how did it affect how you were showing up to work? Oh, God, massively. I worked in advertising agencies in account management for about 10 years in London and Sydney and then came back and and moved into creative recruitment. So I worked for advertising agency recruitment, which was fantastic. But as soon as we started, as soon as things didn't look like they were happening, you know, and things were going to be a bit challenging from the fertility um, perspective, I resigned from there. Um, I was there for about three years. I resigned. I just, my mental health started to go downhill a little bit um, and I started having a bit of anxiety about the fertility side of things. So I ended up going back to George Pat's YNR and freelancing in advertising, um, which was sort of contract work, which sort of felt like it was, you know, 
less responsibility, more flexibility. Um, but yes, the day we received our diagnosis, I was sitting at my desk at George Pat's and the doctor called and I ran downstairs and I just remember standing on Kent Street in Sydney, CBD, absolutely, you know, inconsolable, um, being told, you know, IVF was our only option to have a family and walked back upstairs and left for the day. Next day called my boss boss at the time then and said, um, I've got glandular fever. I, I need to have a few months off, my doctor said, because it's all I knew. I, I didn't, I was so much fear. There was so much anxiety. Yeah. I mean, in hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I would have educated, I would have had a conversation with my boss at the time and, and um, I'm sure that would have been much easier for me, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. And at the time, all I knew was to resign, make up some ridiculous excuse that I had glandular fever and go and hide under a rock for a while. But I've you know, from I've obviously got a huge community of people now um, with Fertility Collective and I'm not the only one that's ha- that's happened to. And I feel very, you know, I feel very passionately about changing that now and making that fertility conversation much more relevant and welcoming. So you eventually do fall pregnant. How does that feel for you? Is it a time of anxiety? Is it a time of celebration and happiness? Um, yes. No, a, a good, great question. Certainly anxiety. I think probably 90% of people who have been through fertility treatment are not going to have very calm pregnancies. It's just, there's a lot involved. There's a lot that gets you to that point of being pregnant. You have your positive pregnancy test and then you need your scan and then you need, you know, so there's a lot of anxiety, but of course, an overwhelming happiness as well. And I'm, and I'm one of the lucky ones, you know, there are, there are a lot of people that haven't got that and don't have that. So it's, yeah. And so obviously your personal experience well informed you for what you then created, which is Fertility Collective. Can you talk to us about, I guess, when the thought started to plant itself in your head to create this business and then what the tipping point was of going, I actually have to do this. I have to help others. Yeah. Well, after I, um, I mean, I knew from that day onwards that I wanted to help people who were, you know, having in the fertility trenches because I just knew the devastating impact it has on your mental health and how difficult it is to find support. And, you know, one in six people are affected by infertility. Like it's one in six and we feel like we're one in six million. And I started Fertility Collective to just shine a light on something that does not get enough attention because I just don't want people to feel as alone as I did. So everyone's journey is very different, but the focus is always on the physical side of things you know, what the egg's doing, what the sperm's doing, you know, what the uterus is doing, when we're going to get the call from the doctor, when's the egg retrieval, but there's very little focus on everything around that emotional side of things and your emotional well-being and the mental toll. And when I realized, you know, I re- just, there's no support. You Obviously you get your test result, you go home to your couch and you sit there and it's like, what's next? You know, there's, there's nothing else. So Fertility Collective is all about normalizing the feelings and emotions that so many of us feel but we're just too afraid to talk about because of this ancient stigma still. And there's, you know, there's the fear, there's jealousy, the anxiety, and I'm just all about addressing those feelings of isolation and loneliness. And the conversations can be very difficult, particularly in the workplace and not so much because of stigma, but because there is so much at stake and it's obviously highly emotional and scary and lonely and unknown, but it's just a lot of people are keeping it private and I do always say on my fertility collective page privacy is peace but when it comes to work again hindsight's a wonderful thing 
having to sneak around in a way and, and you know, go to your 7 a.m. blood tests and things like that and then appear at work with a very happy face is very, very hard. Yes, it's a physical, logistical, emotional, all of that. Absolutely. So for someone that's unaware of how IVF works, I think there's a lot of different avenues it can take depending on the situation. But we all know someone really that has to go through IVF. So it is something we should all know. What is someone who works a full-time job doing outside of their full-time work in the IVF process? Oh, it's a, so, I mean, I, I have a community of over 40,000 people and I asked them whether fertility is even recognized in their workplace and 73% said no. And I asked them, is their workplace, if their workplace offers fertility support in any way? And 91% of them said no. This is in a group, this is in a community of over 40,000 people in the fertility trenches. So this in itself is very, very challenging. And if you are the one going through the fertility treatment, I mean, there is no wonder there is so much fear and anxiety around sharing with your manager or your boss. It then gets to the multiple appointments every cycle with your fertility clinic. So this includes a set time you have to have blood tests, a set time you have to have a scan, a set time you have to have your eggs retrieved, a set time you have to have an embryo transfer. You know, the time you have to be there is not flexible and, and, and it can make or break a cycle. So if you're at work and you haven't shared your struggle or fertility treatment with your manager, which is completely understandable why a lot of people don't, and we can get to that. But you're juggling all of this. You know, I mean, a presentation with a new client at, at 2 p.m., but you've got egg retrieval that day. I mean, it's it's overwhelmingly all-consuming. And there's logistical issues like, you know, you need to keep your needles. How do you keep your needles at work when most of them need to be refrigerated? So do you put them in with the, you know, in the communal fridge with everyone else or how do you package that up, hide that? Then you take your needle to the shared bathroom at work and inject yourself. You put a progesterone pessary inside you and carry on for the afternoon. There is so much in terms of the logistical and process, but also the emotional toll. And uh, it's obviously how Fertility Collective started is, you know, when you get that phone call, when you're at work, you're sitting at your desk with, it, with your brave face on to say your egg count was poor or your embryo didn't keep growing or you're not pregnant again. I know firsthand and from many, many people in my community that it's virtually impossible to continue a day of work after one of these phone calls. Not to mention the anxiety in the build-up, I imagine, too. Absolutely. So research now shows yeah, people going through fertility have a much higher rate of anxiety and depression, and this is understandably going to have an impact on how they perform at work as well, you know, and meet deadlines. And so I guess it all comes back to being able to talk to your employer in a safe environment, a safe and confidential environment. So for some people, talking to an employer might be easy because they have a supportive team and they're quite an open person, but we know that that's not always the case. So how can you talk to your employer if you're not feeling that comfortable about doing so when it comes to sharing what you're navigating? Absolutely. It can feel extremely scary disclosing something that is so personal, but just doing so does you know, have the potential to just lift a huge burden of having to sort of go through the experience by yourself at work and having to have a day off because you've got a migraine or you know whatever excuse we like to use. Mine was glandular fever, but fertility treatment is stressful enough without having to sort of keep this complex, secret, complex experience a secret from those you're dealing with every single day. So I think really the top sort of my top tips in terms of talking to your employer, uh, number one, just prepare some notes on what your cycle is going to look like, what your treatment is, what your diagnosis might be, just for your own self, just to prepare mentally and also 
potentially be able to then help educate your boss. But, you know, talking about needing to go to fertility treatment on these potential dates and April might look like this for me and I may have to have an egg retrieval then. Just get it down in your head first. And number two is just check your work policies as well. Like a lot of workplaces, unfortunately, don't have um, fertility leave yet. And I'm, oh, I'm, my aim is to change that in the next 12 months. But, you know, it just might give you an idea of, you know, for medical appointments and things like that, whether you do have some leadway or some flexible hours there. And then it's scheduling a confidential chat with your manager or, or your head of HR or whoever you report to. Um, with things like annual leave and sick leave. So arrange that confidential chat with them and then it's explaining to them in the confidential chat what you are going through at the moment and what time off you need for your medical appointments and explain to them that you need your eggs retrieved on Thursday morning. You may not know that on Monday. Um, so it's just, it's educating them. And and then the last thing I will say is just explain to them the confidentiality of it and just be clear to them on who knows in the workplace, who knows this and how much their personal information and, and what they're going through is confidential. A lot of the time I find that people also don't want a manager to know that they're on the baby train. So it might not so much be that they're afraid to share their challenges, but they don't want their manager to know that that's the path that they're trying to head down. What advice do you give someone who's perhaps more scared of that side of things of saying, hey, I want to have a baby and go on mat leave soon? That's a really tricky question. I and it is each workplace is very, very different. And I have some horrible stories, absolutely, from my community about you know them working in part time situations and then them not getting the permanent contract because they had told their boss they were doing IVF. Um, look, it, that saddens me a lot. The fact that that's even a possibility that you know prioritizing family is going to stop them from getting a promotion. Of course, unfortunately, it does happen, and then maybe that may not be the right workplace for you. I, I Again, I still go back to the uh, try having a chat first to your line manager or your head of HR first. And just all you can do is go to them with the information that you know and what you want in terms of the flexibility for that month or that cycle or, or whatever is it's looking like for you. And then I guess reassessing whether, of course, if you're treated with in that way where, you know, your, your career is not going to be and progressing because of your IVF treatment, then it's probably worth looking at another. I guess going back to your point of arming yourself with the knowledge of what's in your contract and what's in the policy at work is important in that scenario. Absolutely. You could be protected, hopefully, by that policy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also just letting, making sure your employer understands what, what you're going through. And this is Firstly, employers need to understand that infertility is a medical condition. According to the World Health Organization, it's a disease of the reproductive system when you haven't achieved a pregnancy after 12 months of unprotected sex. So this is this is world. I mean, it is a medical condition, and and it's a very high chance your employer does not understand that. So I think it's education is the number one here. It impacts one in six people, and secondly, fertility treatment. You know, it also needed for same-sex couples, solo parents by choice. It is so common and it's only getting more and more common. So it's it's educating your employer and, and finding a way you can educate them. And look, I have a lot of employees who they ask their boss to follow Fertility Collective and they start sending them some of my posts just, just that explain the emotional toll and what they're going through. Um, because the reality is a lot of managers have absolutely no idea. Um, what's involved. So we need to explain the unpredictability of 
as treatment cycle and how flexible we need to be in terms of getting to the clinic at nine o'clock for egg retrieval when we may have a presentation on. So it's just work is so stressful already. We don't need fertility stress on top of it. So I will, after my own experience, which was quit, I've got glandular fever, run away. I want to do everything I can now to just, it's all about education and the UK are doing a fantastic job at this as well, but just educating employers and, and, you know, being able to have a conversation with your employer because fertility, you know, is on the decline. It's only going to get more and more common. And I think any corporate or any organization that's not aware of it um, needs to be. And just on that, how can you help your employer understand And what would you like managers and employers to know about the IVF process or about anything to do with infertility? Number one is understanding that fertility treatment is not a choice. You know, it's not a, oh, because I, you know, I want to have a baby next month, I'm going to go and do IVF. It's it's not, fertility, IVF is not not a choice at all. And it all comes back to education. You know, what, what is infertility? What is fertility treatment? What's involved in treatment? The mental toll it takes. What an employer wants is they want to be able to take time off work with no questions asked. And similarly as they would if they had their appendix out, they want or glandular fever. They don't want to be questioned about it. You know, we we, we need paid fertility leave, which in some workplaces do and fertility collective. We are working on a, a corporate package at the moment, a corporate um package for all you know all corporates to educate them on how much fertility at work and and the and the importance of looking after people who are going through fertility treatment at work um but we you know hr professionals just need to understand this as well and so again it's all just about that education and and again also making sure they know that it's respecting their privacy because you know i harp on about this the whole time on my Instagram page, privacy is peace. We don't want to be asked by every colleague whether we're pregnant or how this cycle is going. We just want a confidential chat with the manager. They, we want to be reassured that they, their, conversa- their conversation is confidential and we want to know that we do have that flexibility to, you know, have a half day off for fertility treatment or have a full day off for, you know, a procedure and also that flexibility, which includes taking time off when your mental health is suffering as well. And again, you know, this includes your partner because, you know, we need our partner for egg retrievals. We need our partner for the appointments and for scans and for procedures. And and what about, you know, if it's the male factor, they, they need their treatment. And, you know, so it, it, it impacts their, I don't, every employer, it, given it the impacts one in six people, I think every employer needs to be very, very well educated in this area now. And of course, this is very subjective, but at what point do you think becomes that say someone's a little bit more private and they've avoided telling their manager or their boss what do you think is the tipping point of when you'd advise no this is actually too much for you to hold yourself you need to share this information yeah I think um and I have unfortunately I do have a lot of people in my community who are in this position um you know all around the world and it is it's when your mental health is really suffering and and your performance at work is really suffering um Work juggling work and fertility treatment is one of the hardest things to do. I mean, you know, most people just have to worry about going to work and doing their job and leaving. But when you're in the fertility trenches, you have to worry about going to work and putting on a brave face all day, hoping there's no triggers, hoping no one asks you when you're having a baby, hoping no one announces a pregnancy, hoping no one calls you to say you're not pregnant or calls you to say your eggs are not good this round or whatever it is, you know, I... There is so much at stake and there is such a huge, heavy black cloud. I don't think anyone in this community would 
would say that going to work is easy uh, when you're in the fertility trenches. So, um, you know, it is just, it's it's really that fine line between when it's really impacting your day-to-day and when you, when you start sort of planning your days and you really are struggling and you're not wanting to socialise and, and, and when it's really impacting your mental health. I always say go to your GP and, and explain everything to them um, when it is impacting your mental health. But but also, you know, do start by talking to your boss if or your manager if if that is an option. I would encourage that because it just can alleviate that stress of having to hide things and and you never know, you may get a lot more flexibility, which will make the whole process a lot easier for you. And speaking of support, obviously there's a lot of support that we hopefully have outside of our workplaces either from your personal experience or from your professional experience, what are your other best tips for, I guess, creating a village of people who understand what you're going through and can be there for you? I'm sure sometimes if you've just heard that the egg retrieval didn't go well, someone doesn't really want to go home and cook dinner. So what are some other ways that we could help ourselves if we're having those challenges? Mm, that's a great question. And it's exactly why I started Fertility Collective, which is a um, it's a membership, which is feel, filled with people who are all in the same boat. So it's somewhere you can go and share your stories and you can share your, you know, bad results or your positive results. And it's all, everyone in the Fertility Collective is, you know, we've got hundreds of people from all around the world now. And, you know, it's about, you know, having all your feelings validated um, and also, you know, sharing knowledge and sharing experience. And yeah, it's very... There's a lot of healing when you can share your story. So that's probably, you know, I think it's hearing other people's stories is is very comforting when you're going through this. And especially when you are in a, in a workplace or a corporate role where it appears no one else is going through something similar and you do feel very, very alone. Um, it's nice to be able to then go to that community and, and, and feel supported. I can't speak to this sort of fertility challenge, but I was telling you before we started recording that at six months when I still wasn't pregnant, it was definitely starting to weigh on me, the what ifs and the what's going on and how long is this going to take? And I told my manager, I took two days off work and she said, absolutely go for it. I understand. Please take your time. And if you ever need to speak to me about it, I'm always here. Did Never would bring it up to me be like, how's the pregnancy test going this month or anything like that? She was just there for me and it made me feel immeasurably better. I was really fortunate that it happened a few months later for us, but it made me feel so much better. And I was wondering, as much as we talk about the challenges and we hear of these really hard workplaces that don't quite support us, what are some of the wins out there that you're seeing and the changes that are happening for the better? Yeah, honestly, I've I've obviously told you the community have have all sort of said you know largely then they don't there's no fertility support, but there are some amazing stories that are coming through. And they are workplaces. I mean, a lot of government, uh, if you work for the government, you do get your five days paid annual leave, which is well, paid fertility leave, sorry, which is which is fantastic and a very positive step. Obviously, the miscarriage um, bereavement leave has been a huge step as well, but we need that fertility treatment leave because we don't want to have to be having sick days when we're having eggs retrieved because, you know, of our medical condition. It's just, it's ridiculous. So there's some of the positive stories I do hear, uh, there are a lot of incredible managers out there and they are extremely supportive and they do exactly what you just said. And they say, look, I'm so sorry you're going through this. This is incredibly tough. I am here and I will you know, support you in whatever way I can. And the performance levels will be much higher as an employer if you are understanding and and you do you know you do make sure they know that they do have the flexibility to have their treatment whenever they need their treatment and 
And if they have need a mental health day off, they can have that. But yeah, there have, have been some incredible stories like that coming through. And people are wanting to make this change. Like cor- corporates aren't wanting to make this change. I'm I'm very hesitant about the corporates who are partnering with one fertility clinic. I don't like that at all because, you know, some fertility clinics are going out there and they've got their B2B person. They're going out there to target their corporates and and that gets all their corporates to come in and have half price egg freezing or half price treatment with this one clinic. But I strongly disagree with this because I think every clinic is different and better for different people. So, you know, the clinic we went to initially was great for female issues, but terrible for male issues. So, you know, it wasn't until the third clinic we saw they were great with male issues. So aligning yourself with one clinic as a corporate is is dangerous and it is not really showing that you are really caring about the well-being of your employer. I think it's all about showing that you care about the, the fertility as a, as a whole. Not every There is not one fertility treatment that fits everybody. So going to one clinic as a corporate is very limiting, I think. Some doctors are amazing endometriosis at one clinic and not so amazing at another clinic. Every clinic's different is my point. So I do think that is a slight shift that I have seen. So I, I have had a, someone in my community in the last couple of weeks who works for a big engineering company and they, they've partnered with one clinic in Melbourne who is going to give a discount off treatment and, and egg freezing. And that is definitely a positive step, 100%. And say someone owns a small to medium-sized business that perhaps doesn't have the budget of a really large multinational corporation, what would be your most cost-effective strategies for those really small businesses that they can help support their staff going through something like this? Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's as simple as, you know, we don't need a whole day off to go and have a scan. We just need a few hours. So it's being really flexible and being able to say, look, I need, I need to come in at 12 on Tuesday or People often we do take the whole day off as a sick day because we have one scan that we have to be to be at at eleven because we're trying to accommodate our employer. So just it's all about communication. It's all about education, educating the employer together. You can you know if you sit sit down together and look at what the treatment involves, you can still have you know you can still get the most out of your employer because they don't need the whole day off or whatever it is. But it's being flexible and it is being you know of course budgets are an issue with employers, but it's a couple of hours here and there and being flexible is incredible too. So understanding really just goes a long way and a bit of trust between employer and employee. And, and education, exactly, exactly right. And if you could go back to Cecilia that received that diagnosis for you and your partner that it wasn't going to happen as easily as you thought, what would you tell that Cecilia about what to do next, how to process it? What might be helpful? What what might not be? Oh, God, this gives me goosebumps thinking back to that that period. But I would say taking time for yourself and taking time to breathe and sit back and let it digest, let it all sink in. Try and think about whether it's appropriate to have a conversation with my boss at the time. And it would have been a lot easier for me if I did keep my job because then I ended up, you know, not ha- then having to look for, you know, again, and then you know, having to go and have interviews and, you know, look, I mean, that was not ideal because then you have to be, you know, brave and confident CC again, which I certainly wasn't. I was the opposite. And that would have been much easier for me to just have a conversation. And, and it could, it can be as simple as an email to your boss, just explaining what you're going through. I know, you know, even with partners or our friends, just sending an email or a text message just to educate them on what's going on. They can read it privately. They don't have to respond straight away. They can let it digest and they can understand, you know, I, I in hindsight, I would have done that. 
I would have sent an email to my boss and explained what was going on and I'm sure he would have been incredible. <laughs> but at the time I was riddled with fear. I was riddled with anxiety and I had no other option in my mind. So now you're a mother of three, you've got this flourishing business. How do you make work work today? What's a week like for Cecilia? <laughs> oh, it's very, very, very busy. Yeah, no, I've got three. I've got one at kindy and two at school. So um, it's a huge juggle at the moment. I, I've, I do, I've got my community of people, my membership, which is incredible. So that's um, something I can obviously do very, you know, flexible hours each day. We can do, you know, Q and A's with utility experts around the world and and content for the membership. Um, but it's the one to one coaching, which I still do as well. Um, which is, you know, I, I I really love doing that, having that sort of one to one support, one to one supporting people. So. I do fit that into school hours and um, and kindy hours. My husband is incredible. Obviously, he knows firsthand what this whole process is like. So he does accommodate my working hours a lot in terms of the weekends and things like that. So, but no, it's very busy <laughs> in a nutshell. And I know we have touched in, on this in the conversation, but I guess more from that emotional point of view, for anyone out there that's listening to this, that's just had another failed, and I hate that word, let's use a different word, had another cycle that hasn't hasn't produced what they wanted exactly yep what would you tell them if it was your best friend on the phone they're about to walk into a meeting they're trying to feel better about themselves or trying to trying to cultivate a bit of strength and happiness in that moment what would you tell them it's deep it's deep breaths acknowledging how bloody hard and unfair this is I'm not about blocking it out just let it you know you don't have to go to that meeting you don't you don't you know you don't have to you know you are the priority like this fertility, these fertility trenches are so hard and it's it's a chapter of your life where you need to prioritise you. Of course, there are some instances where you absolutely have to go and, you know, perform. Um, and in that case, it is all about, you know, anxiety redu- reducing techniques, which is what I teach in my membership as well. And it is all, you know, there's a lot of things we can do on the spot before we have to perform like that. But it's also just making sure, you know, you are prioritising you. And, and that is saying no and setting boundaries and, and nurturing your relationship with your partner, you know, knowing how to navigate friends and family and work. And it's, it's, it is all, everything we teach in Fertility Collective. Um, it, is, it is a very hard chapter, but it is a chapter and it is all about you and you're the most important person in that chapter. I love that you said that because as soon as I asked that question, I was like, no, I don't mean cultivate strength. I just mean look after yourself. So yeah. you beautifully. So Cecilia, if anyone wants to find your work and where you're living online, where should they go? Uh, on Instagram, I'm at cc underscore fertility collective, which is where we have a beautiful community of over 40,000 people now. Um, I also have a membership, which is $19 a month. And that's a fertility collective membership where we have a, a safe space, a safe platform away from social media with everyone who is in the same boat. So where you can go and vent, share your stories and receive comfort from other people. Plus we have Q and A's with experts and fertility legends all the time. Well, there's a fertility library full of, you know, all the emotional health, um, you know, wellness techniques and tools, every single foot that you can implement every day, plus lots, lots more, including a fertility nurse, which has now joined us to answer all your questions within 24 hours. So it's in, it's a really incredible membership. I just wanted to make it as affordable as possible so um, we can help as many people as possible because I know how lonely this journey is. That sounds like an incredible space. And I love as well that People don't have to be on social media if they don't want, because that can be a very triggering space, I can imagine. One last thing that we didn't touch on, tell us about the award that you won recently before I let you go. Oh, thank you. 
Yes, I was. Um, I won Best Fertility Advocate globally, which is incredible. And and it's, you know, the fact that that's being recognised globally, I think, is incredible. But I think that's, you know, it's actually not about me. It's about every person in the fertility trenches because I do my 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 aim and my mission is to you know educate people and and raise awareness and break the stigma around a fertility struggle so i think winning that award you know in copenhagen where i went and i was handed the award was incredible um but you know it's that that's just huge for the for the fertility community well it seems like the work you're doing is huge for it too thank you so much for sharing everything today and for the work that you're doing thanks so much for having me thanks for listening to ready or not If you liked the show, please tell your friends, subscribe or write a review. You can also find us on Instagram at readyornot.pod. That's it for today. We'll see you next time.